They're over there. Oh, we're supposed to count this shit? <laughs> All of this? Are you kidding me? <laughs> There's so many pieces of Welcome paper. to the React Native Nerds Podcast. I'm Spencer. And I'm John. Join us as we dive into topics you need to know about to become a better developer. Hey, nerds. Welcome to React Native Nerds, episode number 25. And today we're going to be talking about improving your UI and UX skills with a Z. Joining me as always is Spencer Carly. <laughs> How are you, man? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? I am just sitting back watching the dumpster fire that is our electoral process. <laughs> oh man. It's... And there isn't there isn't a fire extinguisher in sight. Nope. nope. Nothing nothing big enough to handle that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I don't know. I, I would just love to know what all the other countries in the world are thinking of us. So, listeners, if you do not live in the U.S., please, please, for the love of everything sane, tweet us and let us know what you think about what is happening in the United States right now. <laughs> it is um, no, November 5th, Thursday, November 5th. I bet when this comes out on, I guess, the 12th, we still won't know what the hell is happening <laughs> over here, and we're still going to be freaking counting paper and recounting, I don't know, bits and bytes yeah. from the electronic voting, and oh my gosh. My, my hope for November 12th, 12th, so we record on the 5th, this is going to be released on the 12th, that Nevada realizes that they need to be counting. That That is my hope. <laughs> I at least hope. <laughs> They're over there. Oh, we're supposed to count this shit? <laughs> uh all of this? Are you kidding me? <laughs> There's so many pieces There's of paper. There's so many paper. <laughs> it's everywhere. <laughs> uh, it's wild. Yeah. Absolutely How, crazy. How's your week been otherwise, though? Oh, man, dude. My week is awesome. Yeah? That's um, awesome. I had, I had a total um, toilet of a day today. I was trying to think of not swearing. I am full steam ahead with this brewery thing. Um, nice. I have a name. It's Union Station Brewing Company. And uh, the reason for that name is the local train station is called Union Station. Okay. And um, it's right here. There's an Amtrak line that stops, but then there's freight that runs through constantly. And so the LLC has been registered. Oh, it's, wow. It's um, being filed, so it's not official yet. Interestingly enough, we're all geeks here. The domain.com was available, so I snagged that up. Boom. What else? I'm going to look at a building tomorrow. So this is getting legit pretty fast. Oh, yeah. Wow. So would yeah. this building be to like host people or purely for the brewing operation? Um, I'm starting with just brewing right now. Okay. And I might do a tap room later. I'm not sure. I mean, there's definitely enough space. Right now, the building is not for sale. It's just for rent. So I'm okay. looking. I'm looking. But... There could be the possibility of an offer being thrown out just to see if they're interested in selling the building. All right. Um, so I, and I have no idea how much this will cost to rent. Um, I talked to them on the phone tonight or th this afternoon, and it's a really cool building. They said that they could split it up if I just need a small space. Um, but then the risk is if I grow and they end up renting out the rest of it, then I'm kind of screwed. Right. So... Yeah, so I don't know. It's still unknown. Um, I've tried to peek in the windows to see stuff, but it's pretty dark in there. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, yeah, I'll find out more tomorrow about all that. So that's super, super exciting. Yeah. It's um, about three blocks from where I live. I pass it every day when I walk into work. 
when I say I walk into work, it's just my the office that I'm renting here. So if I get that, I'll probably move my office there. Oh. Because it'd be it'd be silly to pay even cheap rent here. Right. For this office, if I could just be there, and then I could be there and you know babysit the brews. Yeah, that that would be interesting. I'm gonna throw another uh, potential income stream to you. But when I lived up in uh, Cincinnati, there was a brewery that was you know a brewery and had a bar tap room in the evening, but during the day they turned it into a co-working space. Mm. And that was, that was always really cool. Especially once like, you know, you could start drinking beer at like noon. Oh yeah. No it's doubt. Just right there. <laughs> no doubt. Um, I actually had, um, someone suggested this to me, a really good friend, and I absolutely loved the idea, but to do a co-working space for brewers. Mm. So home, home brewers that don't have room, you know, Anytime I brewed, I have to cart all the crap up from the basement and then brew and then clean it all up and cart it all back downstairs. Okay. So, you know, you could bring and keep your stuff there. You know, obviously I would be renting the space. You know, then you could be there and you can, you know, you'd have a spot. You know, it would be all your equipment there. And then I also thought it'd be kind of cool to maybe do some classes. So maybe like three or four people could come in and I would provide them with the starter kit and everything and we'd have a big brew day and okay. it would all just be hosted hosted right there they could leave everything there and then you know in four weeks you know when their beer is done we could have a bottling day where everybody bottles their stuff you know so there's a lot of cool po- potential and a lot of yeah. neat possibilities for something like that and different outlets to uh to make some kind of passive money that way you know if i'm if i'm doing a class um you know people would be paying to do that but um, you know, it'd be it'd be kind of neat. Lots of possibilities. Yeah, that's cool. Kind of like a, a maker space for home brewers. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. I'm excited. So to maybe next time, here. you know, in a month or so, I'll be recording, and there will be crazy reverb because I'll be in a huge warehouse area <laughs> with nothing but concrete. <laughs> <laughs> maybe there'll just be so much space that there won't even be the echoes. It just oh, maybe have a chance to bounce back. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so what's going on in your world, man? Yeah, you know, it's been a relatively quiet week. I took yesterday off to kind of just relax. Um, I've been uh, looking. So I'm not a video game player at all. But for whatever reason, the last week, I think starting like last Saturday, I've been super, super into um, getting one of the next generation gaming consoles, either the really? Xbox or the PlayStation. I'm leaning towards the Xbox because eventually <clears throat> Microsoft Flight Simulator will be on there. Yes. And I had plans to like build a PC for that, but I was like, while this is going to be incredibly expensive. So I switched over to like the idea of Xbox. So <laughs> kind of been uh, playing with that. And I, I get this, I get obsessive over things. I'm just kind of like, all right, I'm ready for this to be released now. I'm ready well, for I don't know anything about obsessing over anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of been taking up my idle time. And then uh, kind of outside of that, I actually just hired a, a virtual assistant Ooh. this week. And so Something I've always been frustrated with with React Native School is like I'm not consistent. I'm not good at like reaching out to people and I've never really had a good vision. I just kind of like whatever I'm doing in my work, I just write about and kind of just toss something out there. And it's been helpful. Like people tell me it's helpful, but from a business perspective, like it's a pain in the ass to manage anything or keep things up to date or try to like, you know, create learning paths for people who want to go from I'm interested in creating a mobile app to actually being able to build that mobile app. So hopefully with work, working with this virtual assistant, it's been true so far. Like if nothing else, 
and she she's been awesome so far but if nothing else it's forcing me to at least like take things out of my brain and write them out so it's at least somewhat uh understandable for other human beings so it's been fun it's been interesting it's been challenging and yeah it's been fun how did that process go like where did you find her did you interview a bunch of people did you have a bunch of people do little jobs and she came out on top like how did all this happen it's, yeah, it's so your, I, it's your girlfriend, isn't it? <laughs> no, it's not. My <laughs> girlfriend did help me choose the person, though. So I used um, Upwork.com, where my girlfriend used to do all of her freelancing through it before she kind of like built up her brand and started doing things on her own. But I just kind of laid out what I was looking for and just kind of read through everyone's responses. I maybe had like 10 people respond, read through the different responses, and I put one like qualifier question in there in the middle of my description, like, what's your favorite color? So that narrowed out like a ton of people because I could tell. Oh my like, gosh. Jamie nobody does that. read the job description. Um, nobody did. Well, th- I think like four people of the nine did. So obviously that, that disqualified a bunch of people. Cause like, mm-hmm. I don't have an attention to detail. I need someone who does. So yeah. that helped narrow it down. And then like, just the way she asked really good questions, that was something important to me. And that's kind of the, just the process I went through. And, We'll just work on like a, a monthly basis or like a trial basis right now to see it if if I like working with her, she likes working with me, and see how it all works out. Nice. Where's she located? Like, do you have time zone issues? Um, where is she? Located? <laughs> you don't even know, do you? <laughs> no, it's um, I'm so bad with other countries. I'm I'm such a typical American. She's in. Dude, right now, typical Americans are amazing. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's the yeah. non-typical ones that are a pain in the ass. Right. Yeah. No, she's, I know she's north of Greece. That's Okay. So in, what is that, the the Balkans, that yeah, area? Yeah, is that like, is that about eight hours ahead? Yeah. So we have like two hours of overlap a day, um, which like it works well for me because like I just kind of want someone I can just drop tasks off on. She accomplishes them that when she can and just figure out how that all works. I Honestly, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I read a book on it, and I'm just going to try to be like, all right, I'm spending money on this, so I've got to figure it out because I'm a, I'm a cheapskate, and if I'm, if I'm spending money on it, I know I'll, I'll learn how to do it. So That's we'll, cool. Is it um, the first two hours of your day the last two of hers, or is it the other way around? Yeah, first two hours of my day are the last two okay. of hers. All right, cool. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I'd be interested to see how this goes. Yeah, hopefully we'll see more consistent output from React Native School, like on social media and email and better engagement. Those are my kind of my primary. Is it that, so that's now. what she's handling, like the user engagement portion? Yeah. Or is she like rewriting content and mapping out your courses into those learning paths and all that sort of stuff? So the goal with her is to have like, I've got. I'm a making ton you of think content. about this online. No, yeah, I appreciate that. Because like it's something I've been trying to figure out, but my goal is to like I've got a bunch of content out there already. It's very all of it's very highly technical, and I want to go kind of one level back from there, a little bit less technical, and then repurpose content for the appropriate platform. So something that you know maybe it's a poll on Twitter or just a, a question or a short code snippet. Take things out of these larger classes, courses, tutorials, and make something really valuable for the the platform it's being posted on mm-hmm. um, versus just kind of like posting a link, which is all I've 
ever done on Twitter. What's interesting to me is, you know, I've seen people do things very similar to what you're doing, where they have courses and tutorials and some are free, some are paid, some are subscription. It's interesting because the way you do it, you record or build a course around something you just learned or you're learning. Mm -hmm. A lot of other very successful people in other sort of technical um, silos or whatever you want to call them have done the same thing. And a lot of them start super grassroots with just tweeting hot tips about something, you know, one specific little thing. Right. And they start, they get their following and they get their following and their following and then they drop an ebook, you know, that just goes ape shit and they sell, you know, $30,000 worth of like an ebook. <clears throat> and you're, you're like, holy crap, I have to do that. Well, they spent <laughs> the last three and a half years like building that audience. Right. And everybody trusts that person. You know what I mean? So I think you have that. I think you have an audience, you know, I think, yeah, you just got to next level it, man. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I think it's basically like, you know, taking this, like, even though React Native School, it, it does contribute a fair amount to my income. Like, it's always been very much a side project. And I'd like it to kind of be like an actual business that can take people to a point where they're like really confident with what they've learned. It's like, you know, I'm super guilty of like, stuff gets out of date and I'm not good at updating it, especially video content. So figuring out a way to do that better, especially mm. because it is subscription-based. Like I want it to be continued value right? Yeah. as long as someone's subscribed. So yeah, trying to figure out how to business. What do we have in uh, the world of mobile news? You know, a moment of silence because the iPhone 5C, well, I guess it isn't dead. It's not dead yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> Monty Python fans will appreciate that. Um, but it is, you know, I read this article. It is now considered vintage in quotes, which basically means it's old. Okay. So um, now might be your chance to snag an iPhone C as a test device. Super cheap. Basically, it has limited support. And, you know, if you have one of those, your pro if, as your, your daily driver phone, you might want to look to upgrade because I'm sure your carrier has some deals. You probably won't be able to trade it in for a whole lot, um, but you might be able to sell it to some React Native developer. <laughs> yeah. Although if you're listening to this, you are a React Native developer probably, so you might just want to hold on to it, you know, instead of for the $10 you get on a trade-in. Um, but it's interesting when, you know, the old phones start falling off as the new phones roll in. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they have the new iPhone 12, which I guess we chopped from that one episode where my mic went all wacky, but... That was something that we need to keep an eye on as developers because they're going, it feels like they're, they're slowly sidestepping towards the way of Android with all of these sizes. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just going to be crazy, I think. There is a One More Thing event on November 10th. Now, we already talked about this episode getting dropped on the 12th. So, you know, maybe we'll drop it early. Yeah, maybe. We don't have to wait till Thursday to drop this. You know, I'll, I'll get it edited and pushed out and maybe we'll drop it early because otherwise it happened two days ago <laughs> and you know everything that's, that we're about to talk about as opposed to now I can just say they're all rumors if it's going to be released before the 10th. So there are a lot of rumors and unsubstantiated reports uh, of the new Silicon ARM-based MacBook Pros coming out. And nice. if you think about it, it could be really the only good thing to come out of 2020. <laughs> True. Oh, man. Yeah. As and long as it's got a better keyboard, then it'll be better. Well, that's true. I'm not. It took. It did take a while for me to get used to this keyboard. That's that's for sure. Uh, but now, now I'm used to it. 
Um, so the funny thing is, um, if you're in the United States, you might have an ARM MacBook Pro before you have a new president. Um, <laughs> before we know who's that's going to be. So anyways, something to keep a lookout for. Um, there were some tweets from an Apple leaker. And uh, they were he was tossing out prices. And they look about $200 cheaper than what has been released in the past. So that's kind of cool that they're going to be able to pass that savings on to us if that's actually, you know, if that comes to fruition. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was touting a, a $800 MacBook, arguably replacing the $1,000 MacBook Air, um, $1,000 13-inch MacBook Pro, which, you know, the, like I said, $200 cheaper. He didn't say anything about a 15-inch, which is what I would hold out for because mm-hmm. uh, I think a 13-inch for me personally, just feels claustrophobic just thinking about it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I always have external monitors dangling off the, this thing anyway. So, I mean, if I was traveling with that on a 13-inch, yeah, I'd probably need medication. <laughs> uh, so keep on keep a lookout for those. Um, and hopefully it's an amazing event in a couple days or a couple days ago it was an right, amazing yeah. event, depending on when we drop this. News is hard, dude. We talked about this before we started recording because I thought I was all proud when I put this in. I was like, yes, I'm ahead of it. It's not till the 10th. And then we're talking. I'm like, oh, crap. We released this on the 12th. <laughs> so, yeah. It's almost you know. like we need to record news independent of the actual episode. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Maybe we do like a mini news, a news cast or something. Yeah. And then these ones will get shorter. Yeah. But anyway, that's sort of what's going on in, in mobile news. Very cool. I'm excited yeah. to see what these uh, potential ARM MacBooks and MacBook Pros can be. Yeah. Especially since the T key on my laptop's dying. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. We'll see. I'm excited. I've I've had my computer for four years now, so mm. we're getting towards that upgrade time. So there's, there is a 27-inch Mac iMac here um, in the office, not anything that I use. One of the realtors uses it. And she's an older woman. And when I say older, she's probably in her 70s, Okay, I'm guessing. So, she, you know, the other girls were in – the other women. They weren't – they're not girls. The other women were in that office today talking about how slow it was. So, you know, I walk over and one of the women is like, we bought this thing used like six years ago. Oh, jeez. And I'm thinking, wait, it was used six years ago? Yeah. So I click on the Apple and about this Mac. Literally. And I am not joking. Five minutes later, five <laughs> minutes, the About This Mac pops up. Oh, so it's a, a, it's a 2012 with 8 gig of RAM. It's a Core i5. So, I mean, it's not a fast computer, but there's no reason it's that slow. Yeah. So there's got to be like a hard drive problem or something like that. I mean, there has to be more wrong with this than it's just old because – you know, I have a 2012 MacBook. I don't think it's maybe it's a MacBook Pro uh, that I use for 3D printing, and it's slow, but it's not that slow. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, I've got a, so. a 2012 MacBook Pro, 13 inch, and I mean, yeah, it's not as fast as my my 15 inch 2016, but it it works, runs yeah. fine. Yeah, I mean, I threw an SD drive in mine, and yeah, I did the same. You know, it has a max RAM capacity, so you couldn't really jack it with RAM because mm-hmm. it was it was old. But I told him I was like, just go over to the store and replace it for her, 
do the you know the command t transfer cyber suck of all her stuff <laughs> from this machine to the other one and put all the post-it notes she has on her screen in the exact same spots and she'll never know except <laughs> that it's crazy fast uh, it's so true yeah i know so on to our topic right Yes, our topic today is improving your UI and UX skills. So a lot of times we developers are not the best designers. 100%. We build, I know, I've known a lot of people that build tools. So even in, in web development, not necessarily mobile development, they'll throw something together and it functions. It does the job, but it is not sexy. You're never sitting there thinking, oh, yeah, I can't wait to use this. Most times it's not intuitive, and you need to have that person explain what all of the buttons and the tabs and the, you know, everything does. There are developers out there that just cannot design. And again, no judgment. It's a reach because <laughs> sometimes we're just focused on the code. You know, you can lean on somebody else that can do the design. I happen to have jumped on the ship of trying to learn design way back in the beginning, along with programming. Um, I'm a little different in that aspect because I, I myself can't design, so I can't pull up like Photoshop or Illustrator or something and design something amazing. I can rip off somebody else's work left and right and upside right. down and then tweak it so it works really well for what I need to do or use like you know a UI kit of some sort. You know, and I come from a big web development background, so I'm building interfaces and all that sort of stuff. And so this episode, we're going to tell you how to go from just your mundane app, maybe your mobile app just looks like a tool, to something really pretty that people will actually want to use. And maybe you'll be able to charge 99 cents in the app store for it. <laughs> yeah. So why, why don't you kick it off? This, this episode was kind of inspired by an email I got on how to do this. And what I found is... Just like John, like I struggle to create designs. I know what I like, but I don't necessarily know why I like it. And I'm still trying to figure that out. But what I've done to actually like figure out the implementation and the, I don't know, figuring out what I like and in the process of building it, why I like that is basically I go to a site like Dribble, which has tons and tons of incredible designs. And I look at different designs I like, and then basically I start from scratch no external libraries and i just try to figure out how am i going to make this ui and build it using the technologies and tools that i want to most of the time react native and i just find that to be such an interesting exercise because as you're building these things and this is something i'm still struggling with is you figure out these little little things you look at it you take okay i've got the color palette i've got the right fonts but it doesn't look right and you start to figure out the importance of like using shadows or just ever so slight gradients, all these different things that I never think of. And by having that reference of Dribble, I can figure out the importance of, you know, maybe I don't like the way my app looks. What did I do when implementing a Dribble design to kind of fix something like that? Maybe it's adding a shadow or something along those lines. It's really funny because I never used Dribble ever until you mentioned it. I don't know how many podcasts ago because it's really great because if you have, you know, if you know you like a blue or you have some weird hex color, like some client gave you their their colors and you could I think you could actually put this in and then it would pull up any designs that were like that. Or if you like yellow, it would change all of the designs that you're looking at and they would all have elements of yellow. 
They might not be all yellow, but they would have yellow accent colors. So like what I normally do is I'll look at, basically I'll filter by mobile designs and just like look through it or like I want to figure out, you know, I want to build a quiz app. Let me look on, on Dribbble to figure out like what are quiz designs and just kind of screw around with that and figure out what I want to do. And like that's been really, really useful. One in just like learning React Native, but also figuring out why I like what I like. So, and it's great just for inspiration too. I'll talk a little more about how I actually do my design stuff, but it's really good to look at other people's stuff, mm -hmm. especially if you like it. Like, like Spencer said, you know, if you like a design, look at it really closely and think, why do I like it? Like what, what's so special about it? Maybe it's, it's literally the way it's shadowed or maybe it's the layout and how things are actually stacked on the screen or whatever. So it's important to know. And then once you know why you like that, then you can figure out how to build that why with React Native. You'll be able to build things that you like. Mm -hmm. Definitely. It'll, it'll all come around. And this takes time. This isn't going to happen in an afternoon. Oh, yeah. If I mean, it does, I'm... you're amazing and I want to hire you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. Like, I honestly, I'm, I'm years into following this method and like, I still struggle a lot in doing this. So it's, it's, a, it's a long process. You know who doesn't struggle with this? William Franken Candelin, <laughs> who does the Can It Be Done in React Native. I mean, he like knocks off designs every freaking episode. I don't know what kind of preparation he does. Maybe he struggles, maybe whatever. But when he records, he's like an art forger. <laughs> yeah, pretty great. It's, it's so I love incredible. you, man. I know you're not listening to this, but I love you. <laughs> Uh, like we'll a brother, not like that. <laughs> we'll have to send him a, a link to some of the shows. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, I think we've we've mentioned him on three episodes so far. So maybe we got to get him on here. That'd be fun. He'd yeah, be fun, I would. He'd be a fun guest. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, another uh, resource going along with Dribble um, is UI Design Daily. This is like an email list I subscribe to. Basically, they just send you some different UI designs every week. And what's really, really cool about this is they'll actually give you like the sketch file or the Figma file or Photoshop, Adobe XD, whatever your tool of choice is for design. They'll give you those download files so you can not just assume what they're doing, but actually see physically like, oh, they've got a shadow offset in a certain way or a certain amount of opacity. Or maybe it's not just a black shadow. Maybe it's a dark blue or something. And you can see basically a little bit more than just what your eyes can pick up. You can see exactly how they've done that to go a little bit deeper into it. And it, it's cool just to get like a, a consistent resource to just look at different designs to get your mind thinking. Do you know how to use Sketch or Adobe XD or any of those? I mean, I've... like I can sort of futz around in Photoshop, but that's like the extent of my knowledge. Okay, yeah, so I, I've... I've used Sketch a fair amount, and I, I now use Figma for most things. Whereas, like, I, I can't I can't figure out Adobe products. There, there's so many buttons in there. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'll sit down and I'll be like, okay, I'm gonna learn this, and then I open it up and I'm looking at it, and I go try to Google a tutorial, and I'm like, ain't nobody got time for this. I need to write code, <laughs> and then, you know, I I just slip back into my old habits. Yeah, I would love to know how to use that. I've watched people use Sketch like. You know, it's another hand. 
you know, it's just there's it's so seamless and they're clicking around doing things and you know, it's probably just takes some time to get used to, but I honestly don't have time to learn that. Yeah. I, my my knowledge with it is like it's very, very surface level. Like I can modify things, I can read things and organize very basic stuff. But yeah, like you said, like the way people use it, it's just it's absolutely incredible and what they're able to actually accomplish. We've talked about like UI mostly so far, um, but another resource that's very much like UI design daily is UX Archive. And this is going to move away necessarily or move away from just the UI side to figuring out the user experience. Like how do all these different pieces integrate together to actually you know, make the app the user's going to interact with and use how do we make it all feel very fluid and consistent and working together? And basically what UX Archive is, is it takes a bunch of very popular apps and just takes screenshots of an entire process. For example, their entire onboarding process. What's that look like? How do these different pieces work together? You know, the different states. So for example, when the keyboard is up versus the keyboard is down, what, what changes in the UI, uh, the different ways you interact with it. And it's really interesting to see that, especially when there's much larger teams that like an Instagram or a YouTube has to figure out these different UX decisions and much more or many more data points to actually influence those decisions. So you can then go ahead and take those concepts back into your app. And it's it's cool just to see like all the different steps that go into an onboarding flow or login, whatever it may be. You just pulled my thread on this one because this is how I do it. Uh, depending on what I want to do, you know, sometimes I'll just have thoughts in my head and I will literally grab a pen or pencil and draw. Mm. But when I get really stuck, I'll go look for design patterns because more times than not, what I'm trying to do is not original. Someone else right. has figured it out and they probably figured it out in a better way than I could figure it out. So to look at this particular site, UX Archive, which I've never seen before until you, you put it in the show notes. So this is pretty cool. I will just go look for design patterns, not necessarily UI design patterns, but just how other apps do things. And more times than not, when you're looking at like this UX archive site, they already have all of the UI done. You know, they're, they're showing you a process. They're showing that onboarding process, but they're, you can also look at those screens and see how they're aligning their user interface and you know, what fonts and all that sort of stuff they're using for it all to fit together nicely in a process. Maybe it's a screen flow, maybe you know, this right here on the landing page is a map. I also noticed really annoying, if you sit on this landing page too long, a sign up box pops up on the screen and it will not go away. Oh, so really? I had to refresh a couple times just to look at that. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess I could sign up and then everything would be fine. But this is a really cool site. This is really, really neat. I'm gonna be spending some time on this. There's, I mean, there's like, just Instagram search, Airbnb, exploring Airbnb, exploring Gmail, that sort of stuff. And they just go screenshot, screen to screen to screen through these processes. And you can see, you know, how they do things. And then you can extrapolate that into what you're trying to do with your own app. Mm -hmm. Super, super priceless. I don't know how I never saw this site before. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just found it recently. It's interesting. And like, you know, taking a note off of or jumping off of React Native and just kind of like talking business for a moment. It's such an amazing marketing tool for this tool called Waldo, which is basically, they take automated mobile tests, take screenshots of your app to make sure it's always consistent. And mm. they use Waldo to 
generate everything you see on UX Archive. And basically, from what I can tell, UX Archive is just like, it's super valuable, but it's just a big marketing site to point back at Waldo. Like, hey, look what we've done for all of these other apps to then go ahead and take it into using Waldo. So it's something cool to see what they've done with that. Yeah, that's really wild. Okay, I signed up to get rid of that stupid box. Holy cow, <laughs> that was annoying. <laughs> that's funny. Let's see. Um, something else, and this is, I'm so bad at this, but like I will, I'll create, if I, so if I'm creating an app from scratch, it's always grayscale. Apparently that's, I only know shades of gray <laughs> and it's only text. A big, big, big influence uh, in your design is going to be like the use of icons. My big thing is like, I can't design icons. I don't know how to do that. So where do I find icons? And there's a website called flaticon.com and it's got various packs of icons. There's some free ones, there's some paid ones, and like the pricing is not that expensive for the acts, like all that you have access to. So it's, it's a good resource to reach for when you need an icon. Like there's 3.5 million icons at the time of this recording. Damn. I'm sure you can find something in there to kind of just enha enhance your design a little bit. If you can't, you have a problem. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sort of along the, the icon line, there's also, you know, the React Native vector icons. Mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a whole pack that's built in. What else is there? Font icon. There's Font Awesome in there. Font Awesome, um, yeah. Yeah, there's a bunch in there. Uh, mm -hmm. Sort of not out of the box. You need to add them. But, you know, they're already built for React Native. And you can pull them in. So it, it makes it super easy. Yeah. Yeah, icons can make a, a big, big difference. Oh, another one, if you're a Redditor, UI Design Subreddit is another resource you could look to. Um, I don't know. I've, I've got mixed feelings on Reddit in general, but it's another another place to look if you ever feel stuck. Or I mean, I guess the good thing about this kind of forum place is like you can ask questions and get feedback. Quality of the feedback, that's up in the air. But hey, that's the internet for you. <laughs> Well, until this election, I thought uh, Reddit was a dumpster fire. So, <laughs> sorry, I'm just going to keep doing political jabs all night long. <laughs> you put this next one in, and I would—I thought of it as you were talking through the other ones, and then I just saw this next one in the list. This is an amazing one, so go ahead. Uh, which one are you talking about? Refactoring UI. Oh, yeah. So we've talked about just like ripping off designs at, at this point, like just – steal things but if you want to like really understand design like basically move beyond just like creating a view based off of the data in your database and just modeling your view based off the database refactoring ui is this incredible incredible resource uh, it's a book that goes into details of actually building uis not just copying them but building them and like all these little little things that I don't think about I've never really thought about and it's it's super awesome in addition to this this book you can get uh, they've got a bunch of design tips articles screencasts it's it's such a good resource this is made by the people or the the guy who made Tailwind CSS and then another uh, designer he works with Steve Schroger um, it's just such a good resource if you want to take that next step of beyond ripping off designs and actually building legitimately building your own yeah, this book covers uh, literally color theory, like explained like you're a five-year-old, so you can totally understand it. I own this. Mm -hmm. I bought this. 
So Adam Wathen comes, well, before he did Tailwind UI, he has a big testing Laravel course mm-hmm. sort of thing, kind of like you have React Native School. He has this big testing thing. And so he was really big in the Laravel community. He brought in Steve Shoger, and Steve and Adam would go break down websites and redesign them. Now, Steve, and it's so funny that you put this in here, and this is our topic, because when I was talking earlier about how people would put out hot tips on Twitter to gain that following, and then they release an ebook and they're making <laughs> crap ton of money. That's exactly what these two fools did. And <laughs> I, when I say fools, it's totally out of jealousy. I mean, they put in the time. They absolutely deserve the piles and piles of money that they're rolling in. But um, so Steve Shoger is an amazing designer. Like, just Google him and watch some of his videos. So he'll do a redesign and he'll bring up, you know, he'll import some site into Sketch and sit there and explain the downfalls and the design mistakes that they've made and he'll redesign it there in the video. So in about 20 minutes, he's completely transformed the website. And I mean, and he does websites, they don't do mobile, but still all of those design patterns and suggestions and tips still apply. Mm-hmm. It's just so amazing to watch him work. And, you know, so I, I met him um, and Adam, he, they did talk at a, they did talks at a conference I was at and it's just freaking amazing. So I was on the waiting list as soon as they were getting ready to announce this. And as soon as it released, man, I bought it and it comes with um, an ebook that explains all this stuff. It comes with a couple sets of icons. It comes with, I don't know, I want to say uh, 14 or 15 or something like that. A bunch of different color palettes and layouts for websites but those color palettes are perfect for anything you want to do. Mm-hmm. And oh my gosh, it's, it's an amazing package. It's kind of expensive, um, but it's worth it though. It is absolutely worth it. Yeah. If you want to learn, like if you want to learn how to do this stuff, don't go buy a course, go buy this thing. And I remember when, before they released it, they were like, how do we even market this? Because it's not just an ebook. It's an entire developer survival kit, you know, <laughs> and they built it specifically for developers because we don't know color theory. We don't know which fonts to use and how to make them bigger or smaller or which ones go together. They have font pairings just like beer and food. You know, (laughs) they go together to be perfect. And oh my gosh, it's really, I mean, okay, I'm done gushing. I think they need a sponsorship for this episode. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's really great. It's great. So if you have the means to purchase this, I highly, highly recommend it. Yeah. Absolutely. And like, you know, even if it's not in, in the cards right now, like just looking at uh, Steve's tweets, he's if you go to re- refactoringui.com, they've got a link to their uh, just a giant list of his design tips. And so actually his tweets are kind of like an example of what I want to do with React Native School, the way he breaks down something seemingly minuscule into a tweet and provides a ton of value right there. That's kind of who I'm trying to model in that, in that capacity. So definitely both fans of <laughs> Steve and Adam's work. It's funny. You think you know somebody. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for me, when I, when I'm developing something, I will look at apps I like and apps that I hate. Mm. 
I'll try and figure out, you know, especially apps I hate. I did this as an exercise with my students. One full assignment was pick an app that you love, that you use every day, and, you know, explain why you like it. And the same thing with an app that you hate. Only it had to be an app you hate that you have to use, you know, because they were in college, there was a handful of apps that they absolutely had to use, and some of them were garbage. And so it was great because there were 15 students, maybe, I forget now, and everybody had different ones. So it was fantastic. Mm -hmm. So we did like the app showcase of everyone's that they like, and then we did an app breakdown of everyone that they hated. And everybody sort of saw why certain things did or didn't work. It was really great. So I will do this, especially if I'm online just looking at screenshots of things, because I mean, everybody has their own taste. So you can look at something and immediately polarize on it, whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. I'm skipping the political joke there. <laughs> and so, you know, and if you don't like it, don't skip over it. Don't just scroll by it. Like, really look at it and be like, why don't I like it? Do I not like the font? Are, are the borders too sharp? Does it, you know, what does it need? Is it missing something? Is it just not sexy? You know, is it bland? Whatever it is. And take note of that, like literally write it down somewhere. So as you're scrolling through, you can really appreciate the different aspects of the ones that you like. And you'd be like, oh yeah, I remember that one didn't have you know soft edges and this one does, and it has a little bit of a drop shadow and it makes it look like it pops. And that really gets me. So then you write down that. So then when you do something, you can figure out then how to make something pop on the screen. So mm-hmm. it really helps to just be super critical as you're going through some of these UI screens and design patterns and, and actually using the apps on your phone. Um, think about all the apps on your phone. I mean, I know you, Spencer, you have like two because you delete everything <laughs> you don't use. But it's like true. I have screens of apps. And I have, I want to say, way back in the beginning, we talked about how we use our phones. I search so much more now because of you, because you said that. And so I only have like my main apps on the, on the homepage and I search for everything else. I don't even know where half of my apps are. Right. I just, I just search for them. So that was awesome. But I mean, think about all of the apps on your phone and then go find one that you rarely use. Why don't you delete it? There has to be a reason, Mm -hmm. you know, it might be your bank app. So you got to keep it around. It might be, I just, I hate to admit this. I just installed a freaking Comcast app the other day. So I could connect and like do something to one of my modems. It was like for real. And it is, it's garbage too. <laughs> so that's still there. And I mean, even the, the icon, the launch icon is garbagey. I'm like, come on people. So anyway, so analyze the crap out of stuff and be super critical. Like this is your time to just rip something apart. And it's actually a lot of fun, especially if you have somebody to rip it apart with. Mm-hmm. So make a party out of it. Definitely. <laughs> and, and so, you know, you look at those patterns just like, you know, I'll just reiterate, sort of like you had with, with those websites. You look at the different design patterns. You look at how UI elements are laid out on the screen and why they make sense, like why the different headings are different sizes or where your eye is drawn to when you quick look at the individual screenshot. Like, where does your eye land? And then be like, well, why do I look there? Why don't I look up here? You know, that sort of stuff. It's super, super useful. Mm-hmm. Um, with React Native, you want some basic CSS skills. What I mean by that is, I mean, obviously with React Native, unless you're using some pre-built sort of toolkit or something like UI Kitten, 
React Native Elements, you know, those types of things. And I we have a bunch in the show notes, Native Base, Shoutem, React Native Paper, React Native Material UI, React Native Material Kit. So those are all in the, in the show notes. And you can just add those to your app. And then suddenly when you do, you know, button component, it looks okay. It doesn't look like, you know, you don't need to sit there and style it. But if you want to go above and beyond what they give you, then you need to tweak that stuff. And to do that, you need to know some CSS. You need to understand React Native's style sheet and how all those little things can change the actual element on the screen. And you don't right. have to be a pro at it, but you know, if, if you want to soften a border or make a border fatter or you know, eliminate hard corners, you need to know how to do that. So if, if the button component out of whatever kit you just added has rounded corners, but you really want square, then you need to know how to turn that off. And that might be in the docs or it might be some special CSS that you have to write. The next one I'm gonna talk about is Flexbox. This is the thorn in my side. I don't know <laughs> why, this is almost as bad as Java for me as a programming, for programming. I don't know why I cannot learn Flexbox. I will struggle with this. And when I'm done, every damn thing has flex colon one on it <laughs> and direction and justify. And I, I mean, I have so much extraneous flex alignment code in my style sheets. I, I don't know. There, isn't there, isn't there like flex froggy or something? I forget. Yeah, some flex website. froggy. Yeah. I don't know why I can't learn this, Spencer. Interesting. Oh, my gosh. I seriously don't know. It is so stupid, and I get so frustrated <laughs> with that damn frog when I'm on the site trying to do stuff. So, yeah, anyway, if you're, if you're good at Flexbox, then you'll have zero problem actually laying stuff out on the screen. Unlike me, who struggles every time I try to frickin' put something on the screen. Yeah, so even in the web world, if I pull in you know, Flex and I'm doing something there, it's just, it's a disaster. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Flexbox is definitely, um, I'd say it's it's pretty well a requirement in React Native to, to figure that out because it's it's how you do all of your layout. There's not uh, at this time, at least, there's not like uh, CSS grids or there's hacking margins until things center vertically and horizontally, whatever it may be. Uh, no, it's hacking flex until it centers right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. For me, anyway. Uh, We'll yeah, but the, I mean, those are the things that you're going to need to actually implement the stuff that we talked about earlier. So when you when the rubber hits the road, you know, unless you you fire up your app and you're using something that already has all of these components built, and there's nothing wrong with that, but your app is going to look like the other developer that did the exact same thing. Right. You know, it's it's sort of the bootstrap mentality. I use bootstrap a lot with my web apps, but I always always hack up the styles, and I know how to do that you know, with SAS and you go in and you customize all the colors and everything and the fonts and all that sort of stuff. And so I'm basically using bootstrap for the alignment, the grid, and, you know, some of the components, but the components are so customized that, um, you know, it doesn't look like a normal cookie cutter bootstrap site. Right. And that's what, that's what you want. You don't want a cookie cutter mobile app. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, that's a good point. Like, Using these different UI kits, it, it's a great starting point if you look at it like you're you're writing a book or something. It's really really hard when you're looking at a blank page. It it's the same thing building a mobile app. Like 
you can be looking at a blank page and using a UI kit can at least get you past that blank page. Be like, okay, I've got something on the screen. Now, how do I make it what I really, really want? And then you can just start editing. So like using a UI kit is almost like, uh, you know, writing drunk and then you can come back and edit, edit it when you're sober <laughs> later. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> My girlfriend's a writer, so I know all about this stuff. Oh, nice. That's great. Does she write drunk often? No, she doesn't drink at all. Uh, that's that's oh, just okay. the way I, I imagine I would cope with having to write things often. Yeah. I, I also think that was something I'm totally going to butcher this, but like I, I just want to say Edgar Allan Poe said, you know, write drunk, edit sober. Mm. Imagine it was someone else, but it's kind of a, a philosophy I take into creating things. Unfortunately, it doesn't work with uh, video recording because you cannot edit that all out. Right, right. <laughs> but you could code drunk. Oh, yeah. You know, the linter and stuff should catch it. Hopefully. Yeah. It's just like if I can figure out what the hell I was doing the next day is the question. Yeah, right. I mean, that yeah. that's a problem I have no matter what. Well, but. true story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There have been times I'm like, what the hell was I thinking yesterday? Why didn't I write comments? The code was hard to write. It should be hard to read, right? Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I had to suffer through this once. I'm going to make sure I suffer through it every time I have to come back to it. Absolutely. Uh, the joys of developing. <laughs> exactly. Cool. Well, that's all I've got on this. Anything else you want to? No, that's all I got. Yeah, I think it, it all just comes down to, you know, sets and reps. You, you got to put in the time to figure out what you like and why you like it. Mm -hmm. And eventually that, that skill will grow and you'll get the muscle memory in your head and uh, you'll just be able to whip stuff off and you'll you'll know. You know, you might lean on a React Native paper or a native base right now. After you do a couple apps, you know, you might lean on it a little less and a little less, and then you'd be like, oh, yeah, I don't even need that now. Mm -hmm. so, Absolutely. And what's really, really important, we talked about this a while ago, is build those goldfish projects using some of these kits. You know, yeah. and I mean, don't just pick one, but maybe build the same app, the same simple app with all of these just to see how each one of them works. Because not only will that give you more development chops, you'll actually maybe lean towards one of these or you'll see all the differences and, um, you know, you might just be able to do stuff without them then. I don't know. I'm making all this up because I haven't <laughs> used all of these. So, right. You know, I couldn't tell you the pros and cons with any of these. Yeah. I think everything's got, everything's got its pros. Everything's got its cons. We're just kind of, we're all just making this up as we go. Do any of us know what we're doing? No, yeah. I don't. I mean, everybody on this podcast knows I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. We've all just got, like, the wonderful world of software development. We've always got command Z. You know, just always undo it. That's right. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Command C this election. <laughs> or, com I mean, I guess, uh, undo this election. All right. Well, thank you all so much for joining us. Absolutely. Absolutely all for today. Hopefully there was something of value in there. If not, it was a fun episode to record at least. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Yep, we'll see you then. Right, see you guys. Bye. Thank you for listening. You can get show notes and leave comments at reactnativenerds.com.